Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, are you ready for the Bible? All right, I'm going to open up this morning. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm going to start off in uh, almost verse 11, the last couple words of verse 10. I'm preaching out of the New American Standard today. Normally, I normally preach out of just one version, and I, I typically preach out of the NIV, but today uh, I want to preach to you out of the New American Standard version. I really like kind of the wording, and some of the thing we're digging into is very word-centric, and so I want to do that with you today. Ephesians 1, the very end of verse 10 says, in him, and then it goes on and says, in him also we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the, end, to, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to praise of his glory. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed with him, the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view toward to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and thank you, God, for the opportunity to come and worship. Like we were saying, Lord, uh, we do say you're beautiful, you're amazing, so powerful, so awesome. And God, right now, uh, we're here because we want to honor you and worship you. And we're here because we just want to receive what you have for us today. Thank you for your word and the authority of your word. My prayer, Lord, is that as we're listening, that every one of us will receive something exactly for where we are in our lives. Thank you for your Holy Spirit's ability to do that. Pray for the empowerment and the leading of your spirit as I share your word. Lord, let there be an impartation, Lord, as we're going into the word today. It's in Jesus' name I pray, and everyone said, amen. I really like the book of Ephesians. Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul, and it's a book that is very encouraging. And the irony, of course, is Paul is in jail writing these encouraging letters. And if you can imagine someone you know in jail and they're encouraging you, that's exactly what Paul is doing with the church at Ephesus. He's declaring to them their identity in Christ, and he's reminding them of the advantages that they have being a Christ follower, and he's encouraging them to live a life of love, not complicated at all. He's encouraging these believers, which most of them are Gentiles, which is just a fancy word meaning they were not Jewish people, who were leaving their pagan lives to follow Jesus. They were leaving idolatry and all kinds of, of creepy, weird stuff and demonic things to follow this Jesus that they had encountered. And in verse 11, uh, Paul is writing them this encouragement, and he says, having predestined according to his purpose. And Paul is, is saying to them, listen, God, God picked you. He knew that you were going to say yes and follow him. And the way that First uh, Peter 1 talks about that predestination, it says that he, he predestined those he foreknew. It's like, I knew you'd say yes, and I said yes to your yes. I predestined you. And when he uses that word predestined, it's like an encouragement to them, like you are supposed to be here. You ever felt like I'm not supposed to be in the room? 
You ever felt like, this is too good for me, it's, maybe it's for others? And Paul is writing this letter of encouragement, encouraging them. And Paul says in verse 12, he says, we were the first to put our hope in Christ. And when he says we, he's really talking about himself and other Jewish believers because they received the gospel first and had the opportunity to put their hope in Christ. But then he goes on and in verse 13, he says, you also, talking to this church, these Gentiles, non-Jewish people, he says, you also, after having listened to this gospel of your salvation, now you have believed. And you know, that's such an important part in anybody's life, where along the journey, you hear the gospel, you know, you come to this revelation that, yeah, this is truth. And then there's something in our lives that goes to this point of belief of, and trust and faith where we just say, yes, God, I'm going to put my faith and my trust in you. And Paul is again creating that encouragement for them. And then he goes on and he's trying to encourage them about the Holy Spirit and saying, listen, that's why you receive the Holy Spirit so that you would know that you are mine, that you are born again. Then there's this like subtle turn and um, Christopher, when I get to a scripture that I'm going to read through, you can put it up. Otherwise, you can just leave it blank. Thanks, man. There's a, there's a subtle turn and at the end, he's talking about how we are God's own possession. And you see, that follows this line of thinking, right, of encouragement. He's predestined you. You are God's own possession. This encouragement that you are God's people. And that it wasn't limited to Jewish believers, but that this message of the gospel is for everyone, Jew and non-Jew, Jew and Gentile. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful to follow Jesus. If you know my story, I didn't always follow Jesus. I went an atheist route for a while. It didn't work out, and uh, I went another way. And if you ever want to hear my stories about that and kind of how I turned around, uh, just ask me. I love telling the story. You, I'll gab all day about it. Um, you know, I've had the opportunity over the last, I don't know, four, five, four weeks or so just to share Jesus with people in public um, several times. and I, I want to tell you a, a few blips of those stories. One of them I told you part of just a few weeks ago. It was uh, while I was still home before I went on this recent trip. And uh, I got up one day on a day off or time off and I was going to go play a round of golf. And as I was getting ready to go out and play some golf, the Holy Spirit said, um, are, you, are you willing to be a witness today? Now, when the Holy Spirit asks you that before you leave the house, there's only one answer right? It's like, yes, Lord, your servant is listening, right? Yeah. So I said yes, and I get on the golf course, and it looked like I was going to play alone, and then it looked like I was going to play with a certain couple of people, and then I ended up playing with these two young guys who were about 30 years old who um, drank as much alcohol that day on the golf course as you would normally drink water in a whole day, and um, I was like, okay, this is my assignment, and uh, we had a great time. They had a really good time, um, but... <laughs> I probably shouldn't make, you know, for a moment anyhow. And uh, so normally I'm used to, when I do that, somebody will ask me around hole 10 or so, or near the end, what do you do for a living, right? But these guys, hole number two, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, oh, here it goes. All the cussing's going to go out the window, you know, all of a sudden they're going to, you know, it's, everything's going to change. And I said, I'm a pastor. And they, were, they went, no bleep. And I was like, 
maybe not with these guys, right? And so we were talking and we had some conversation. What was interesting to me is they, they asked me about my atheism and that kind of thing. And the one guy, he asked me, what made you choose the Christian God? Because there's so many different religions and so many different faiths. And instead of just like kind of talking out of my head right out of the moment, I just kind of listened. I was like, Holy Spirit, like what is the right way to answer this in this moment? And I just felt to give them, I said, it is the only faith that's, that knows that we cannot be good enough. We cannot be good enough on our own. Fast forward, um, I was in Wales um, about a week later or so, and um, I was at a coffee shop with a pastor, and we're um, getting our coffee and that kind of thing, and this guy, about 30 years old, walks in with this dog that's just like my sister's dog. It's this um, French bulldog which is a funny-looking dog, but they're pretty fun, actually. But, so I'm chatting with the guy. I'm like, I'll chat with anyone. I'm just chatting with him about his dog. My sister has that dog. Oh, yeah, mate, you know, we're, we're talking. And I sit down to have coffee, and I just feel compelled. You need to share the gospel with this guy. And I told the pastor, I said, I just need a moment. I've got to go. I need to go talk with this guy. So I go, and I just very awkwardly, and I say that on, purposely because on purpose because sometimes there's an awkwardness in the beginning, but when God's in it, he can just start to work that stuff out. And I just said, hey, um, I, I just wanted to come over and uh, I'm a pastor from America. And I just wanted to ask you if you have any questions about God or anything like that. I just felt like I should come over and, and talk with you. And he looked at me kind of like bewildered a little bit. And he said, so I've been talking to my mom recently about the fact that I grew up in school and we would pray in the morning and, and, and we would sing a song and then at the end of the day we would pray and sing a song, but we never did anything else at home, at church, or anywhere. We just did that growing up in school. He says, and I had asked my mom, why did we do that? She said, well, I grew up doing the same thing, prayer and song in the morning and a prayer and a song at the end of the day. She goes, I don't know, we just, that's all we did. And he was asking, he's about 30 years old, what, but is there more? Is, you know, what, what is there to this? And I looked at the guy and I said, I'm telling you that the reason the Holy Spirit gave me this unction to come talk to you is because you're asking those questions right now. And he knew and he sent me just to, to have a conversation with you. And I said to him, have you ever heard the gospel? And you would have thought I was speaking French in the moment. He, and he just like looking at me like I don't even know how to answer that question. And I said about this much, I said, well, here's the story. I said, God made Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve fell into sin. I said, God made this perfect law, and through that perfect law, we realize that none of us can be good enough. So God sent Jesus, who is good enough. And when we follow Jesus and accept what he did on the cross for us, and we receive him as our Savior, God sees Jesus' righteousness on our body, on, our, on ourselves, and he treats us like we've never sinned. And the rest of our life, he spends time just making us into better people in that journey. That was the whole conversation. And so we just had that conversation, and he had a few other questions. What's the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? I was like, well, the Old Testament's where that law was, and the New Testament talks about Jesus and that kind of thing. He said, I'm thinking about reading the Bible and, and that kind of thing. And I said, so I got his WhatsApp and uh, so I could you know, text him. And I said, by the way, start in the New Testament. He said, no. The New Testament? He said, yes, start in the New Testament. I was saying, you get to Leviticus and you're like, I need a goat. We got we to gotta sacrifice a goat and I don't even know where I get a fatted calf. Um, and so 
I text them later on, and I said, here's the Bible app. I said, I would read the New Living Translation. There's lots of great English translations. Read this and start in that New Testament. The next day, um, I'm in an Uber, uh, and the, my driver, I said, do you mind if I sit up front? He's like, yeah, no problem. So I sat up front, and he's taken me to this church, and I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Bangladesh. I said, wow, that's awesome. I said, are you Muslim or are you Christian? He says, I'm a Muslim. I said, okay. And, he, and so we started talking about Jesus. And he says, you know, we both believe in Jesus. I said, yes. He says, he says I believe that he's a prophet. And he said, you know, and I believe that Jesus is alive and that he'll come back to earth. And I said, oh, I believe something very different about who Jesus is. I said, I believe that he's God. He said, and I believe that he was born a virgin, of a virgin. I said, I believe that he died on a cross, that he rose from the dead, and yes, that he is coming back. And I said, the difference is, I said, what I believe is a miracle. I believe that these things are impossible, but God, that they be true. We had this lovely conversation, and he asked me a couple other questions. It wasn't a contentious conversation. And at the end, I just said, can I pray for you? And he said, yeah, you can pray for me. And so I just began to pray for him, and I said, you know, Lord Jesus, I just pray that you will visit this man with who you are and that he will have a revelation in his dreams that you will just come to him because I've talked to other former Muslims who've told me about dreams where Jesus has come to them. And so I just prayed for him, and uh, you know, I just felt like that was the assignment. We were talking in our John class this morning. Sometimes we sow, sometimes we water, and sometimes God gives a harvest, right? And I just I felt like, okay, the seed is planted, it's been watered, I'm supposed to move on right now. I invited him to church. I said, you be my guest. You bring your family to church. To, to the, it was the place he was delivering. I'm preaching here Sunday. You come and you, you bring your family. And, um, and so I had that conversation with him. You know, you and I are the Jesus that the world is going to see. Now, that can be a lot of pressure, right? Immediately, a lot of us go, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not. We know that. I know that, the Lord knows that, I'm not good enough, none of us are good enough. Do we all have that? None of us are good enough. He didn't call you because you're good enough, he called you because he's good enough. He didn't call you to put on a show, he didn't call you to be less than authentic, he called you to tell your story and how Jesus has touched your life and there's power in that story because Jesus is still touching lives. And the way that it describes this in Matthew 5, it says that you, would you say you? You, that's you, are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and the, it gives light to all who are in the house. Now here it goes. Here's the imperative, verse 16. Let your light, what church? Come on, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You and I are the Jesus the world sees. Paul's writing this letter to the Ephesians. And he's trying to encourage them. Hey, you're believers. You're followers of Jesus. He's predestined you. He's given you the Holy Spirit. And he's, he's giving them this encouragement. And i got to tell you, I've read this book for so many years, Ephesians. And there's this section I'm about to read to you in chapter 1 that for years I would read it and go, I think I get it, but I feel like I'm missing something. Does that ever happen to you reading the Bible? It's like, I think I'm getting it, but there's something I'm missing. Something's not. 
And uh, that happened to me a few weeks ago in my devotions, and I was just like, I'm going to dig into this a little bit more. I want to study it a little bit more, and I, I just feel like I'm missing something. I read the words, I understand what the words are saying, but I, I want a better understanding. Verse 17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The first thing in this section that I'm going into with you is that Paul prays that they would know Jesus more intimately. Do you know that there's more of the Lord for you to know? You've experienced it. You've, you have tasted and seen, as it says. But I want you to know there's more. There's more to how good He is. There's more to what He has for you. I'm not diminishing what you have experienced. I'm just telling you that there is more because He is an infinite God and there is so much more that you can know of Him. And that's what Paul is is saying. He says, by the Holy Spirit, I'm praying that wisdom and revelation will come and that the eyes of your heart will be open. It will be open so that you can make more money. No, that wasn't it can be open so that you can feel more special about yourself and just love on yourself more. The eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know Him. And He prays for this. And he's, when He says that the eyes of your heart be open, he's, he's actually not just talking about like emotions. He's talking about their whole soul. That their mind, will, and emotions would be open to know him more. This is this Apostle Paul, this giant in the faith, right in this church saying, I know there's more for you to know. That kind of like thing that makes you go, ah, that kind of thing that makes you go, I can sing you're beautiful because there's something in me that gets it. And even though my flesh as a man might go, that is a little weird. It's so interesting that you gave that devotional today because I thought, I'm sure some of us guys are feeling a little weird going, you're beautiful. <laughs> But you know that, Matt, you nailed it. It's our carnal nature. The reality is he is beautiful. You know that nature we look at and you go, man, that's a beautiful sky. We don't have any problem. That's a beautiful mountain right there. You know who made that? A beautiful God. Just, you know, it is. And I'm not pressuring you. I'm just saying there's a revelation for us in that. The eyes of our heart may be open. And then, so then verse 18, so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? I want to tell you why I've had such a long time kind of coming about with this scripture. In this scripture, it uses the word hope in verse 18, and it uses the word inheritance in verse 19. Most of the time in scripture, when you see the word hope and you see the word inheritance, it's talking about future things, last things, second coming, heaven, those kind of things. And it's honestly, for us, you've read the Bible a lot, and it's kind of like, oh, hope, inheritance, those are last things kind of words. It's actually a distraction from what's being spoken right here. And I'm going to show that to you. These verses actually have to do with right now. He's trying to encourage them right now. He says, you will know right now, like present tense, the hope of his calling. Not the hope of what will be your calling, but the hope of your calling now. To know 
And, and when it uses this word know, it's more than, in, in this scripture, more than just to understand, it's to experience. Hope is something you experience. I have the hope of his calling. Doesn't that go right along with the encouragement we see Paul giving these Ephesians? He's trying to give them hope right now. This kind of, this experience right now. And Peter really captures this in 1 Peter 2 when he talks about, and let me, let me say it a different way. Paul's saying the hope of your calling now, which is like knowing who God has called you to be as a believer now and the hope that is in that. Peter says it this way. He's, he, he really expounds on it. 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. As a matter of fact, Ephesians says God's own possession. Very similar wording here. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Am I the only one excited about that? I'm going to start over again because you see, this is about you. This is our story, right? And I, you, know, you may have served Jesus since you were this high, but the reality is without Jesus, we're in darkness. Do we believe that? I believe that. I believe that if it wasn't for Jesus in my life today, I would just turn to very terrible things. I really believe that. I don't believe that I can be a great person on my own. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. If you are following Jesus, that is your testimony. That is who we were. We once had not received mercy, and now we are. I think I read that in the NIV, so if it didn't match up, that's why. I think I, that sounded really exactly like my regular reading one. All right. <laughs> Going back to verse 18. The first part we just, we just covered. So that you will know what is the hope of his calling. And then the next part it goes, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Frankly, the word usage and ordering here is not ideal for English. Um, it's better, a better way for me to, to explain to you would be to say, his inheritance, speaking of God's inheritance, is the riches of his glory in us, the saints. It is saying that God is excited that you are his inheritance. Did you catch that? He's encouraging these believers. He's saying, y'all, you were predestined. He gave you the Holy Spirit. He knew that you were coming. You were the inheritance that he was looking for. All of this plan of salvation and people coming to Jesus, you are his inheritance and you, and you give off his glory because of what he has done. And he was excited that you would come to know him. And again, it's correlating with this encouragement. You have this hope that is your calling now that you're experiencing. He says, and God is so excited because you are his inheritance that he's called you into. And then it goes on in verse 19 and 20. I pray that the eyes of your, of your heart may be enlightened, that you may know these things, right? What is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? Now, y'all remember, we've been in present tense, haven't we? 
He's not talking about the power that will come. He's talking about the power that is here now. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of His might, which He brought about in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in heavenly places. Oh, this surpassing greatness of His power toward us. And Scripture does so much to elaborate on this and explain this, that that same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is quickening your mortal body, as it says in Romans 8. This same Holy Spirit that was at creation, this same Holy Spirit that is surpassing greatness, it's His power is toward you in your life, that God has actual power for your life today, not just coping skills, not just getting through it, but there is, a, there is a demonstration of power, and there is a, a power that resides because of what He has put in us. And it, that power also resides in us so that we can go and be a light to the world and so that they may know that we have more than a mental ascent, but a God who shows up in power. And in Luke, you see that where... Give me just a moment. The process in my mind is... Do you mute and cough or do you drink water? You know, you just, yeah. A lot going on there. What you don't do is cough into the mic. You know, Jesus in his training with his disciples in Luke chapter 9 says in verse 1, and he called the 12 together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to heal diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. This is talking about these disciples going out. Later on, he would also send the 72 out. The reality is that Jesus is still empowering his disciples with the Holy Spirit. And you and I are his disciples. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. And that surpassing greatness of his power is working in your life. And so when I read this scripture and I read this encouragement, you know, sometimes in our lives, in our Christianity, we can kind of get into that rhythm that's almost a rut. You know what I'm talking about? See, a rhythm can be good, right? Because rhythms are, they help us in life, right? They kind of keep the flow in life going. But sometimes a rhythm in our faith can also become a rut where we just get a little bit too used to things and a little too comfortable about things and we've kind of accepted the things that aren't the way we, we would want them to be and we've kind of like settled into life and we're just kind of managing life. And in this book to the Ephesians, Paul is trying to bring them this great encouragement to say, listen, there is this hope of the calling that you have received. I pray that your eyes would be open, that you would know what you receive. I want you to know that God is so excited about you. And sometimes I think God can be more excited about us than we are about him, right? He's like, look, that's somebody I say, what are they doing? Well, I guess they're just having an average day, you know? <laughs> See, there, there I go, right? You're on the inside now. You just know what's going on in my head. Did the thing you don't do. And that there is this surpassing power toward those who believe. The thing is, there is a God who raises the dead. There's a God who heals the sick. There's a God who mends relationships. There's a God who heals the deepest hurts. There's a God who sees us through the most troubling and difficult times. Our God knows that we live in a broken world. 
Like, and we are the light of that world. And what I want to encourage you today is I want to encourage you to receive the encouragement that Paul had for the Ephesians. If you're in a place where maybe you don't know that you are, that Jesus is your Savior, I just want to tell you, make today the day. Because Jesus has done everything so that you can come to him. And you come to that place where you go from, I believe that he exists, to Jesus, I need you to be my Lord. I, I, I ask you to forgive me of my sin, and I'm, I'm going to put my life into your hands. You are now my leader, whatever that means. And when you make that decision and you ask Jesus into your life fully and give him the full reins, it, the scripture says you become born again. And you come to this place where all of a sudden life is very different. And it's because the Holy Spirit is in your life and because you have given him the reins. The thing is, he's not going to wrestle you down to the ground. He's not going to force you to turn to him. He wants your heart. If he wanted robots, he would make robots. But he doesn't want robots. He wants a relationship with you. He's not going to force you, but you will keep feeling that tapping as long as you'll listen. But he's not going to make you serve him. I just want to encourage you, don't ride the fence with that because knowing he is good and knowing him is different. Knowing that he exists and walking with him is different. I know a lot of famous people will exist. I don't walk with them. I don't know them. God wants more for you and he wants to be fully in your life. And if you haven't made that decision or maybe you've walked away from that decision, I want to encourage you, come and talk to me before you leave today. I would love to pray with you, love to talk about Jesus with you. I'm certainly not here to wrestle you or, or twist your arm. I'm here to let you know he's made an invitation and he loves you and he wants to draw you to himself. For you who have believed, I want to encourage you today. This calling of being a believer is a very special thing. Peter says you're God's special possession. Ephesians says you are God's own possession. For me, that's just so humbling. It makes my heart go, oh God, that I would have the opportunity to know you. And I pray that you are thankful just like I am thankful. And my challenge for you today is this. Maybe you're a little coasting. And God is saying, there's more I want to do. There's some areas where only the power of God are going to be the thing to solve it. There's some areas where only God's mercy and grace and Him showing up is really going to change it. And God wants to give you some confidence. Hey, you're mine. And that same Holy Spirit that lives in that one lives in you. And that lives in that one lives in you. And there is more. And if you go to the Lord and you say, God, show me. Show me what to pray. Show me how to ask. Show me what to do. God will have you ask greater than you've asked before and trust Him greater than you've ever trusted Him before. Would you stand with me today? And I want to invite the the prayer team to come up to the front. You know, as I'm sharing this with you today, you might be in a place where you know of a miracle that you need in your life. And if you're here today and you're like, I need a very specific miracle in my life, I want to ask you to come up and receive prayer um, and and pray with someone from our prayer team. We want to believe with you. We want to ask for you. And it doesn't have to be you. It can be somebody that you're standing in for, somebody that you're believing for. But 
you know, we, we want to believe the Lord for what God wants to do. Amen? I'm going to pray with you. And, um, and then as we're dismissing, if you want some more prayer today, just come on up here and, and receive prayer from somebody today. And again, if you're like, I need to make a decision about Jesus, you just push people out of the way and get to me. I want to pray with you today. Amen? Okay. Father, we love you. I thank you for this, this scripture in Ephesians, Lord, full of so much encouragement. So much encouragement. And Lord, for those today in this room who they need some fresh encouragement in their faith, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. With your encouragement. I see with some people, Lord, it's like you're, you're lifting up their heads. Like Scripture says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, that the King of glory might come in. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this treasure. And we say that you, you are the treasure. And Lord, we're so appreciative for who you are. And Lord, we are in so honored to be your inheritance. And we do pray that our lives would bring glory to you. We thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for who you are, Jesus. And Lord, we pray for those today who they're just struggling with their faith and their walk. And Lord, they're, they're just beating themselves up about it. And you're coming to bring an encouraging word and say, get up and follow me. Just come on, let's move forward. And I just pray for those who maybe they are discouraged, Lord. Let your encouragement come upon them and may they just, just follow you today. May they just break friction and move forward with you today. And God, I just thank you that you're the miracle working God. A powerful, powerful God that you would put your Holy Spirit in us. And so Lord, today, we just lean in, into you and we say, Lord, may we pray big prayers. And may we see a big God do great things. And we'll give you all the glory and all the honor and all the credit in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.